Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm joined in this fabulous new studio, Hey Wiley, Brandon Deutsch, how are we doing? Really well, actually, this mic isn't up, but um, yeah, this is awesome. I, I don't think I've recorded in here before. Have you yeah, guys? No, yeah, I haven't. I yeah. think, no. Arash, you have, you've been on a couple I've of been on with Lamar. That was oh, fun. Okay. Was that, was it that was fun? good. It was fun of fun talking about the good old days, 2009, 2010 Lakers. We'll be back to that. Hopefully. Hopefully. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Week, <laughs> <laughs> you have lofty goals, um, my friend. <laughs> let's, let's take a moment to kind of rehash this trade that the Lakers made because I really like it. And Brandon, I think you like it as well. Yeah. And I think where, where people get, you know, they, they really get hung up on the three second round picks in the NBA, a second round pick, depending on where you're picking, you can purchase a second round pick. So I'm really not hung up on that. And and apparently a a couple of those picks were the picks that the Lakers got from Washington. So it, uh, you know, I have no problem with this trade. If Rui Hachimura does what he did with Washington and he has the kind of chemistry with Westbrook, I think this is a fantastic trade. Oh, I think absolutely it's a fantastic trade. If you look at his true shooting percentage, it's about like 56, 57. He's shooting the ball from three-point range at like 34%. Not amazing, but again, this is limited limited shot attempts. He's 6'8 wing, basically. I mean, you can consider him a power forward, 6'9, whatever, but he's more of a small forward. They really lack size. Besides Troy Brown Jr., Lonnie Walker's even 6'4, yeah. right? They don't have, other than obviously Davis, um, Thomas Bryant, and Winning Gabriel, they don't really have a guy that can put the ball in the basket like Rui, which is why they made the trade. And he's 24. And when he was getting a lot of minutes, he was dropping 30 points. You know, yeah. when, when Porzingis and Kuzma were missing time, when Beal was missing time, this is a guy that can put the ball in the basket and has some upside on the defensive end, though he's considered by many still a liability on the defensive end. This is definitely certainly an upgrade. And he's going to be coming off of the bench with Westbrook, like you mentioned um, the chemistry, that's going to be super important for them. The Washington reunion here, I think, is fantastic. You've <laughs> yeah. got Troy Brown Jr., Thomas Bryant, uh, Russell Westbrook, Rui Hutchmore, like four guys. And again, that wasn't a great team in Washington, but they had chemistry. And again, a lot of people are like, oh, are they trying to like be like the, like, you know, but they're not trying to be Washington. Right. They're they're trying to develop some chemistry in that second team, and I think that they can. Yeah, I, I here's my only concern though: Are they like taking you guys to the next level? You know, what I, I mean, think like that I, they improved because we've heard that from some people. Like, did this trade move the needle? I think it did. It, it wasn't a blockbuster deal. I, I don't think we're going to look back at this deal as saying this is the moment that changed the course of the season. But I do think if this guy can help you, has a has a chemistry with Westbrook, with Thomas Bryant, and can come off the bench and help, yes. I mean, I, did did they improve the team? 
quite simply, yes. Yeah, and how many small forwards do they have on the team? No, no, no. Absolutely, I'm not. I'm not no, debating no, no, no. I'm not this. Saying, no, no, no. I'm just saying it in general. I think it was just LeBron and, and yeah, I guess right. Troy Brown Jr. Right. He's six four, six five. It's not like he's maybe six six. It's not like they have a ton of forwards. This was a need. They got it. I know they still want a shooter. They want a Bogdanovich type. They want a perimeter defender. Maybe that's something that they'll look to in, in the deadline. But remember, what is important here too is that. They traded Kendrick Nunn, right? So now, if you want to get a Bogdanovich to match the salaries, you either give up Westbrook in picks, or you have to give up now Lonnie Walker alongside uh, Patrick Beverly or something of that stature. Yeah. Lonnie Walker's been fantastic for them, but it's very unlikely that he'll resign. Right, right. I mean, again, again, I'm just going back to this threading, like this whole moving the needle thing. I'm just wondering, like, so now you'll probably, after maybe a few more wins, Arash, you're going to go to the games? Listen, I'm feeling really <laughs> good about this team right now. Obviously, the big game against the Clippers, if they can win this one. I mean, listen, when when they began the season as poorly, or they zero and seven? I forgot how many losses they had in the row. It was bad. It was bad. It was two and ten. I, I know. I said, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to do to myself what I did a year ago. I really believed up until close to the end they're going to turn the corner. And, you know, Jihei was like, you're way too optimistic. I'm like, no, like, listen, they got LeBron James. They got Anthony Davis. They got, like, they're going to be a good team. So I said after the beginning of the season, I'm not going to go back until they are back to 500. I thought it was a low bar. And so now I think <laughs> after a couple of wins, I really think the two wins that they had against the Grizzlies coming back and beating the Grizzlies and coming back 25 points down to beat Portland, those are wins that if you look back, if this team goes on a run, again, only two games back at the sixth seed, one game back at the play-in, then you look back at those wins and go, okay, like that was the moment this team learned Turned. how to win. Right. Absolutely. Um, no, for sure. And it, it, look, it's going to increase the win total at least a little bit. But again, this doesn't – everyone's – I know Jake – Dicker in the chat is like, you know, hats off to Jake. Shout out to him. He's like, okay, this doesn't move the needle. Why are we doing this? Well, it makes you improve. You, improve, you are improving. You, you are improving. Know? That's right. Those baby steps, yeah. right? It's like those baby steps in your program to like make you. That's important. And they still are. have the pieces, right, to make one more move. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, th I think the reason why, sorry to interrupt you, Rush, but I think the reason why Jake was so adamant about like, what are we doing? This doesn't make any sense because Laker fans are so used to. Let's buy for the championship. We're buying I for think expectations everything. have to change. And you're 100% right about that because I, I've talked to people and I, I've said, if this team makes it to the playoffs, not, not just playing, if they make it to the playoffs, <laughs> I think they have to win one round. And again, I'm not having a parade for that, but when you look at where this team was and where they were this season, if they make it to the playoffs, win a playoff series That's, and lose to a team yeah. that quite simply would be far superior to them. I mean, let's be honest. I think that that's a good season, not a great season, Absolutely. but. And, and it would provide uh, further experience, you know, for the players who weren't on the championship team. I mean, I think, I think all of you guys have very solid expectations. I just think that the rest of Laker fans oh, don't I get have that it, expectation. Though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, so. but, but I, I get that fan base. And listen, when you look at the, the, this team on paper, I totally get that too. Yeah. You know, when you begin a season with, you know, two of the top 15 players in the league. And by the way, Russell Westbrook is the favorite right now to win six man of the year. So if, if I were to tell you that they have, you know, one of the best players in the league, one of the top 15 players in the league, the six man of the year. I mean, that should be a contending team. No, I, I agree. I Perhaps not a championship but, team, but yeah. a, but a but again, team. that's just not the LA well, the Laker City fans is championship yeah. or bust. And exactly, it's like, I, I get it, but I, that's not the case when you're a 12 seed and you missed it the playoffs be, a year I, ago. I just think the way Schroeder is playing, the way Thomas Bryant is playing, 
um, you know, benching Russ, starving him in the fourth quarter. I, I think you got to move on from him. I know he's been playing great, but just the way Schroeder's been playing, you just they have too many guards. I mean, they, would they need you, to get rid of him, and it's expiring contract. Yes, but would you get rid of him like towards that deadline, or would you just toward the deadline? Yeah, which okay. is coming I mean, up, right? What what's yeah. the date of the it's deadline? Like February. 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 So we're about yeah. Like, I was about to say we're we're less like than a month, a couple. Than, yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Like three four weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. You've said this all season long, right? You were like, they're going to wait till the trade deadline in February, and they should, and they should probably, you know, and he's Dasso played Anya. well enough. Uh, you know, teams are going to be tanking for one Benyama. We've talked about this in the past. They're going to want to move pieces for an expiring contract, like longer term contracts or guys that really they don't need for a guy like Westbrook, who could not only one sell tickets, but He's he's you're only going to pay him roughly twenty million in the second half, and that's it. Then he's a free agent. Yeah. The Lakers are already going to pay him half of his contract, right? right? So uh, you move that, you move a pick maybe for a Bogdanovich. I don't. Yeah. They, I don't know if. The well, you get that? that. Yeah, I was about to say. Well, you the be problem able to with get that, that is there's a lot of teams vying for him and that contract. That that's that the, you know like I think that they have the pieces in place to make a trade, perhaps not to compete though. You know so. <clears throat> The other big key, big game, it's Lakers, Clippers. The Clippers I'm really concerned about as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look, if you just look at load management, just to me personally, is just killing us. Yeah. I, I, would, I would love for that to just go by the wayside and that would never exist. But <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know. What, how do you fix this? You know, how, well, what's I mean, the solution? I, listen, Ty Lewis said he wants this team together for 15 games, 15 straight games. It's not a lot to ask, and he hasn't come remotely close to that. Yeah. They'll play two games together, maybe three. I mean, they, I don't think they've even played like five or six together. They have. I mean, he's really <laughs> wanted that fifteen. I mean, that was his like. At some point, I wanted this group together for fifteen games, and we haven't yeah. seen that. Part of the Clippers' success over the past few seasons has been their defense, right? Their defensive rating has yeah. been top five over the past couple of years. This year, it was top three, yeah. and now it's tenth. So if you don't play defense, they're not going to win basketball. Games. No, they I absolutely. They agree. don't have the offense to get away with not playing defense. But testament to Ty Lue, though, he is playing Robert Covington more. He is playing Terrence Mann more, and those are guys that can really make contributions. Yeah. Um. I mean, so that's a positive. But they're going to look to make a trade too. Don't don't count them out and make. No, a yeah. Trade. I mean, they're and they're they have the pieces. Yeah, they're yeah. looking for Miles Turner. They're looking for Mike Conley. Maybe John Wall and Reggie Jackson have been abysmal. So it's like, okay, that. Are we moving these guys right? Like you, you can't yeah. play those guys at the end of games because they're liabilities on the defensive end. And they really don't do anything offensively either. They have a lot to figure out in these next couple of weeks. But yes, you guys are both right. It starts with piecing together the same roster every single night. They need to be out there and playing. They so, do yeah. at some point. So I watched um, Duke lose last night. So sad um, at, at the last second too. It was just horrible. Um, but. Um, to Virginia Tech, and the thing that was majorly lacking was rotations and being consistent with those rotations, right? And that's something also that Ty Lue hasn't been able to do because of low management, because of the inju injuries, and because of you know them not being able to you know consistently play with one another um, in in those rotations, and to have to to switch all these guys up all the time on a consistent basis, it's not hurt. It's not helping. It's hurting. Yeah. Right. So I think that that's another thing that he's, and I get it. He, he wants to try for 15 games and that's great. Like go at it. Let, let's try for that. Um, you might have to just have who you have because there are going to be certain guys, you know, that are on Kawhi time. Yeah. And by the way, the Western conference right now, they have a six seed. I believe the Clippers yeah. yes. and the Lakers are what a game back. They're two games game back, back right now, which, yeah, I mean, they're and they're the 12th seed. 
So, I mean, they're all piled up. Exactly. The yeah. only three teams a couple games they had are like Sacramento, right, and then mm-hmm. Memphis and Denver. Everyone else is kind of bunched together. Even Dallas has lost a lot of games recently. Phoenix is starting to win. Minnesota's starting to win. So let me ask you this, Arash. Presently constructed, when Anthony Davis comes back, yeah. are they better than the Timberwolves? I think so. I mean, because here's the thing. We have to look at the way he was playing prior to him being hurt. And I know people are saying, well, how long can he stay healthy? That's another question. If he's healthy, which is your question, he was playing like one of the top five players yeah. in the league. So if they have that combined with the way like LeBron's playing, and I don't think anyone foresaw the way LeBron's playing right now at this point in his career. Listen, you're talking about two of the top 10 players in the world, and I yeah. always believe a team like that has a chance. So, yes, I mean, beyond just the Timberwolves, I think that's a top four team. Really? Yeah. I mean, I again, sorry. But in the, in the Western Conference, and it's a massive if, by the way. Yes. Like I'm yeah. saying that with the question being, if Davis is healthy and he was playing like he was before he got hurt, and if LeBron's playing the way he's playing right now, and if everyone off the bench gets their roles, yes, this is this has the makings of a contending team. Now that being said, the West is wide open. I have no confidence, by the way. Look at the top four teams in the West. Yeah. The top four teams in the West have never been to the finals before in franchise history. So I can't sit here and go like, I have the utmost confidence that the Grizzlies, that the, that the uh, who, who, who else are we talking about? The uh, Jazz. No, it's not the Jazz. No, J- We're the top four Denver. teams in the West. Pelicans. 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 Are game, are like so like New Orleans, Pelicans, place, right? Denver they're Nuggets, like- Memphis Grizzlies, and... I'm Sacramento. Missing, Sacramento. And Sacramento. I, mean, I have no confidence to be like, oh, yeah, for sure they're going to be there. I've seen the Warriors done it. I've seen the Lakers do it. I've seen the Clippers even yeah. get to the, West get to the yeah. conference finals, but not to the finals. So, like, I can't have that same confidence in those teams. So you don't have confidence that Denver could possibly get over that hurdle and, and make it all the way I have the there, confidence but- that there's not a player like Nikola Jokic out there right now, and he can do it, but I, I've not seen that team do it. I've seen them get to the conference finals with Carmelo. I've seen them get to the conference finals with this team. Same with the Clippers. As good as the Clippers were, G.A., we've seen this team enough, despite when they had Kawhi and Paul George and they were up 3-1. Uh, what I'm Always saying is, mention it, man. <laughs> like, I've seen this play out enough where, like, until it happens – that confidence is not there. I, I like I've not seen this. And the, yeah. the Nuggets have a similar issue to the Lakers with Russell Westbrook. Bones Highland will either win you a game or will lose you a game. Right. right. I mean, and he's young, and but that's kind of what's been going on with them recently. They've lost a couple of close games with Bones Highland taking yeah. over the ball, no Nikola Jokic. But man, that that team has to be the favorite in the Western. Probably. They have the best offensive rating in the league. Yeah. You know, and I know they haven't. And you're right. So I mean. Okay. But teams can't do it, right? Absolutely, well, like, of course. Go KC went with that's KD. That's why records are made, made to be broken, right? Like, yeah. That's why, you know, the unthinkable could possibly happen, especially in this year in sports. It's been, like, just this roller coaster of, like, including the NBA. The NBA has been one of those, like, are you kidding me? Like, this is the, the top floor so, right now? So let me ask you this question. Regardless of what happens with the Lakers-Clippers tonight, because the Clippers should win. The Lakers have, like, five players out, right? And yeah. Kawhi and Paul George are playing. They should win, we'll right? See. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Who is a better team right now between those two? It should be the Clippers. And I really don't think there's much of a question if they're healthy, but they have not been healthy. And when they do get healthy, the chemistry is not there. And I do think chemistry is important when you talk about trust, when you get into to, to the postseason. This team cannot flip a switch. They have not played together long enough. They've not done anything to flip that switch. So, yes, when both teams are healthy, I'm going to side with the Clippers. But there's not that gap I thought there was. At the beginning of the season – and we were both of the same 
belief, I thought the Clippers were the team to beat. Yeah, me too. Really, and then really and then like and then. So if you were to tell me that the Warriors were not going to be any good, and the Suns weren't going to be good, and all this, and I'll be like, wow, like, like they're for sure the best. The fact that they are where they are, and by the way, they they've struggled, but they're still the the, the sixth seed. They are not far away from perhaps getting healthy, putting that stretch together, and then going on a run. With this team, though, they don't care about seeding. I, I really don't think, like, as long as, I think the sixth seed is important. You don't want to be in the position they were a year ago right. where they have to go on the road to play a playing game and lose, and then they're done. They want to at least have a playoff series. So the, getting that sixth seed, I think, is key. No, no, I agree with you. I mean, I think that they're definitely, Clip, first of all, Clippers have never been the team that's like, hey, we got to, we have to be number one or we have no. to be number two or we have, you know, like it's never been that way, especially once we um, obtain Ty Lue as our coach. So I think, I think you're right, Arash. I, I think that, you know, they want that home, that home court. They also don't want to have to play for that play in spot. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's like the kiss of death right there. So, I mean, I mean, that's the beauty of a lot of these teams in, in the West, despite the fact that you could be a 12 seed and still be two games to out of the six seed. Again, I, I really think being that that six seed, is so key. The playing tournament, you just don't know what can happen. And the West being as bunched up as it is, it's a it's a crapshoot. And so if you are, what is it? So seven, eight, nine, ten. I mean, you could be one and done. And again, we were talking about what was it two years ago? We had the Warriors and the Lakers classic play-in game. That was a and great play-in game. The, by the Warriors way. a year a year from that game. Yeah, the Lakers would be one of the worst teams in the league, and the Warriors would be champions. And now look now, but um, yeah, the, the six seed is key. I don't know what trades out there for, for the Clippers. I, I do think it would behoove them to look to make some kind of a tweak, some some kind of a move at the deadline. So I agree with you, but who would that be? <laughs> Like you, like you well, said, the thing, no one wants Marcus Morris, so you can't trade him and his contract. No one wants him. No, no, no I get, I, I feel um, you. And then John Wall, no one wants that contract. Right? Yeah, it's five million. Uh, who wants that? You know, but is that, I mean, a, what is would you that a two-year deal or is that an expiring deal? Expiring, it's not expiring. bad. It's not bad. But like, not a bad what are you deal. gonna do? Pair Brandon Boston Jr. I guess. Like, yeah. You know, oh you God, I would that? hope not. I, I mean, I, I obviously you wouldn't want to get rid of of Boston Jr. Um, just because he he has more upside than you know. That's a possibility. That if you want to get rid of a contract like a Morris or a um, Jackson or a Wall, you're going to have to pair one of those young players because no one's going to. Uh, they don't have a ton of picks because they've given yeah, all their picks from now to eternity to the Thunder. We definitely so said have them picks, picks for sure. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't know what the solution would be because I w obviously I would love to get rid of Wall and I would love to get rid of. I never wanted Wall in the first place. I think I told you that. I, I, I think it was. I mean, it wasn't a big contract, so I mean, I, I don't know. You know, like if that deal had worked out, amazing. If not, like I, I don't think it was a huge. I, I don't think they gave up anything. You know, a five not, million not dollar contract much, for yeah. yeah. It yeah. wasn't like he was hurt. I mean, he had a great podcast recently where he just was really truthful. Like he wanted to play. Houston didn't want him to to play. He was telling the players in Houston that they have to do like X, Y, and Z. He was actually being a positive role role model for them. And they're like, you know what? You just go home. So he just went back home and he was he was collecting a paycheck, but not a part of the uh, team. So, you know, the thought process there, I mean, if we can get the John Wall from Washington or the John Wall that got traded to Houston, <laughs> you know, but like it's 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 such a low risk move, I guess. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would I I still think we don't need him. Like there was no, no, there was no I think that's, him, you know yeah. What I mean? So I, I think that's why he's out there right now. OK, last couple minutes here, two minutes here. Let's just get our thoughts. OK. Clippers 
Lakers. If both teams are healthy, I'm picking the Clippers. If both teams are healthy, Clippers. who do you got? I'm not going to go against them. It's my yeah, team. But a realistic Clippers fan. <laughs> you're right, I will right, give this to Jihei. If both of them were, if all of them, if everybody's healthy, we're talking like, like AD's on the floor. Like AD's like, on the floor playing the Clippers. way he did. Yeah, before, yeah I'm so. still taking the Clippers. But I'll give you this. No one will want to play either of those teams. In the first That's the thing people don't see. When I say, listen, if, 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 the Lakers are healthy, big if. But if they're healthy, like who wants to play that team? That team was really built for a playoff run. Yeah. Now, again, they haven't made the playoffs. They haven't been healthy, been all that stuff. But if they can get healthy. Well, because think about the teams, the, the really elite teams they play. They, they're they very close a lot of times. Yeah. Playing, right? So in a playoff series, seven times, I mean, hit or miss, just get – Keep Westbrook on the bench. You see what happens. Yeah, but aren't you depending also on the ridiculously great season that LeBron's having right now as well? Yeah, but he's not going to let up. He's LeBron. No, no, no. And absolutely, and he shouldn't let up if he if he has the ability to not let up. I'm just saying, like, if you have to rely on just one dude, well, it's, it's going to be an uphill they should get season. Rid of one of those picks for. Yeah, I yeah, totally like, agree. I think open West. this team is worth that kind of putting all the chips Chips at the center of the table and saying, hey, LeBron's having an amazing run. If we get healthy, we have a a shot here. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll uh, be joined by our good friend Fernando Ramirez when we come back on the Mighty Year 1090 in Southern California, the band in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Year 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. And for the first time, we're getting to see this beautiful man in person, Fernando Ramirez. How are you doing, my friend? Good, Arash. Thank you for having me on. How are you doing? Yeah, we're good, Fernando. Um, wanted to um, toss the floor over to Brandon, who wanted to ask you, I believe, about your angels. Oh, yeah. That's the first thing I wanted to bring <laughs> I up mean, because I got to revoke my fandom. I'm not going to be a fan of any baseball team now um, because <laughs> they're going nowhere with Artie Moreno as owner. I think this was the sale was contingent upon a Shohei Otani commitment. That's not going to happen. He's gone. He's good as gone. In fact, they should trade him for some valuable pieces and Mike Trout and just rebuild because. But again, they can't develop players. So it's like one of those things where the only two, the only guy they've developed correctly is like Trout. Everyone else turns into a star on another team. Yeah. Right? It's the same thing. Tyler Anderson, like they just signed him. Right? Dodgers was great. Angels. That's so good. Raises ERA by like point, <laughs> point two. I mean, that's a testament to you know Mark Pryor and the Dodgers pitching staff and pitching coordination. But Fernando, I, I I'm I just I hate this. Must be nice being a Padres fan. At least you guys are good. Uh, I mean, obviously the that 
I agree with you. Shohei Otani must be saying, hey, you know what? I'm out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. It's going to be interesting next offseason because you keep on hearing Dodgers and Padres are going to fight over him. It's going to be interesting to see which team can uh, pull him off to the side. But, yeah, it's not looking good for the Angels. I'm with you. I would trade Mike Trout, get some pieces for him, try and trade Shohei. but Because, obviously, the Dodgers have one of the best, if not the best, farm system of baseball. So why not? Why let him walk for free? At least get some kind of value out of him. So I completely agree with you. And it sucks that because uh, I, I honestly thought they were going to sell the, the Angels. But obviously... Um, they're not going to sell them. And, and now I guess they want to continue with mediocrity the way that they have been for the last few years. So it's unfortunate, to be honest. Fernando, I have to get your thoughts on the uh, Chargers just to kind of put a bow on the season. I know that they're talking to coordinators right now. Um, I guess really like a two-part question. I mean, your, your thoughts yeah. on the way that that season played out, are you surprised that Brandon Staley comes back and where do you think that they go with the like offensive coordinator? I know that they're talking to some people now. Yeah, it seems like it's real. I mean, obviously the season, I wasn't surprised that they brought back Brandon. I think they were going to say two years was too much, even though you had Sean Payton waiting and you had some other pieces waiting maybe for that job. But uh, I, I'm, I'm not surprised that they brought him back. That's kind of the Spanos MO in a sense. Like they're, they're, they're going to wait it out. They're going to see how he does. And then he's attached to the hip with Tom Telesco. So if you fired Brandon Saley, you would have had to have fired Tom Telesco. And I think the Spanos family uh, love Tom. They think he's done a good job. Uh, obviously, if not, uh, they wouldn't have kept him for an 11th year. Um, some of us don't agree with that, but I, the Spanos family does. Um, now, when you look at offensive coordinator, it seems like Brandon Saley has, you know, when you're dating, you have a type. It seems like he has a type. And it's either something out of the McVeigh or Shanahan tree because they've yeah. interviewed now two uh, McVeigh candidates. Well, they're about to interview the second McVeigh candidate on Wednesday, which is Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown's an interesting figure because you keep on hearing from Tom and Brandon. We want to run the football a lot more efficiently. Thomas Brown was a running backs coach for the for the uh, Rams uh, for two seasons. Brandon knows him. He's a very good candidate. I know that he deserves a, a, a promotion. So that would be a good move for him. Um, the one the one candidate I keep on going to, and I know that they had him before, was Frank Reich. You need a veteran presence as an offensive coordinator in there to speak to Justin Herbert. A couple of years ago, Arash, he was the quarterback or he was the offensive coordinator for the char quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator for the Chargers back when Mike McCoy took over. Now Philip Rivers said, I got lazy with my footwork. I got lazy with playing as a quarterback because he had terrible years in 2011, 2012. Frank Wright came in there and literally said, you're going to change everything you're doing. We're going to work on your footwork. We're going to work on everything. You're not going to be lazy anymore. Uh, thanks to that, Philip was in contention for the MVP that whole season, and he played very well. So I think Frank would be a very good candidate. But now the question is, would Brandon want somebody that could potentially take his job? That's that. That's the question, and I don't think he's going to want to bring in a Frank Reich. So I think they're going to go for a first-year uh, signal caller, and it'll probably end up being somebody like uh, a Thomas Brown or uh, or somebody like that, but somebody in the McVay-Shanahan um, coaching tree because they want somebody who's going to get Justin to throw down the field and not those uh, Bugs Bunny passes that he'd been throwing uh, with uh, with Joe Lombardi. 
No, that totally makes sense. You look at that Kyle Shanahan coaching tree, Sean McVay coaching tree. They're very connected. Yeah. Um, You're just but, missing one, one yeah, piece. I mean, Sean Payton, G.A. was the guy that, that, that I wanted. Now, you know, it was a two-part thing here with the Chargers, and I'd be curious to get your thoughts here because you would have had to part with some picks, at least a first-round pick plus more, and I think he would have wanted that, you know, 10-year, $100 million contract or something like that. Again, this Banos family generally on those two fronts were not going to do something. On the Sean Payton conversations, was that all from our side of the fence? Did you think that the Chargers were even remotely talking about him? That, that I mean, you have to have a conversation when it's a coach like him. And uh, I, I'm curious. I, I, I'm wondering if he's going to sit out another year and maybe wait this out and say, you know what? These guys are a year, another debacle away from possibly getting fired. And now it would be the general manager and the head coach. And I could come in. So I'm wondering if Sean Payton waits another year just to kind of wait these guys out and maybe go in and uh, a year and wait, wait another year, make that money from Fox. But I, I, I have to believe they had to have conversations, especially Arash, when you get, when you, when you blow a 27 to zero lead, there has to have there has to be those nasty conversations where you sit down as a family, not with Tom, not with Brandon, where you sit down as a family and you analyze: Is this the best thing moving forward for our franchise? Obviously, they think they believe in Brandon, they believe in Brandon's message, they believe in Tom's message and and their vision. But you had to have had those conversations, especially because you know what uh, what he brings. The only thing is, uh, you said ten year, a hundred million. I think homeboy is looking for a 10 year, $200 million contract. He's looking to get paid quarterback money uh, when it comes to Sean Payton. So, uh, so yeah, I, I have to believe that they had those conversations, but uh, I'm wondering if Sean takes it. These jobs don't look to me. They don't look any, none of these jobs look appealing to me for me to be able to sign for the next 10 years. If I'm Sean Payton, I would just wait it out one more year and see if maybe these guys, uh, don't fire Brandon and uh, and Tom next offseason and just go try and go for them. Well, speaking of that, though, uh, Fernando, how do you think this Chargers team, now that they do have, I mean, granted, yes, they are lacking an offensive coordinator that is much needed, but you still have your head coach in Brandon Staley. How do you think that they will fare next next season? I think it's going to be tough. Uh, Arash, I think, you're, I think your Cowboys come in to... To SoFi uh, next year, I think, or they go to so or they go to Jerry's World, but it's a tough schedule. I mean, I'm I'm trying to pull it up right here. Uh, they play they play the Buffalo Bills at SoFi. They play uh, the they go to New York to play the Jets. The Jets could potentially have Lamar Jackson on their team next year, and that's going to be difficult. They play the Bears, the Dolphins, the Baltimore Ravens, the Detroit Lions. Yeah, the Cowboys come to SoFi Stadium again. Uh, well, that's going to be, let's get ready to rumble. There's going to be a lot of, <laughs> a lot of extracurricular activities in the stands. Uh, they go to new England. They go to the jets. They go to the Packers. They go to the Vikings and they go to the Titans. And let's not forget the Titans. I think the Packers and no, the, the Packers, the, no, the chiefs, the Patriots and the jets are all playing in Europe next year. So potentially one of those games, the Chargers could go to Europe. So that's a t that's just oh, wow. a tough schedule all around. That's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of mileage on them. That's gonna be a tough schedule. But I mean, I don't I, I don't know if I see them making the playoffs, especially uh, if they don't make the correct moves this offseason, which is get speed, get a running back that can really help you. A number you need a number one running back. I mean, Austin Eckler is good in the red zone, 
but you need somebody who can carry you to the red zone as a running back. They need speed on offense and they need to get better at corner and, uh, and at safety. So it's going to be interesting to watch them this offseason. And with the cap uh, kind of being constricted a little bit, I think it's going to be kind of tough for them to make it back to the playoffs. By but. the way, I, I think if Sean Payton had the same thought process that Fernando just did, I would totally wait it out. Because yeah. you're talking about a generational quarterback. Yeah. You're talking yeah. about, listen, he's happy here. And we have a view right now from where we're sitting at the Chargers' new practice facility. You're not far from the beach. Like He's not in a position right now where he has to jump at the next job. Yeah. So if you yeah. played out the schedule, the way Fernando just did, and say win, loss, 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 win. And if they're not making the playoffs, there's no way Brandon Staley is going to come back. Yeah, right? so yeah, after a year. I yeah. would wait it out and one not, more and year. not only that, what other jobs are looking attractive right now? I exactly. mean, the Broncos are That's a, a clown show right exactly. now. Yeah. Right? I know they have yeah. good defense, but uh, I mean. That Russell Wilson contract totally ruins that job. Exactly. Oh, they, just traded, they traded Bradley Chubb, right? But, Fernando, I wanted to ask you about the games this weekend because yeah. this, these are four juggernauts going up against each other. Probably, I mean, in my opinion, the four best teams in the NFL, and they are the last four teams playing in the NFL. Who do you have this weekend, and, and what, what are going to be the narratives to look out for this weekend? Yeah, real quick on that Broncos job. Uh, the other thing is the owner said yeah, the head coach is going to be talking to me, not to the general manager. That's already a mess right there. So you're not communicating with the general manager. You're yeah. communicating with the owner. Like why? And then you don't want to go with Kyler Murray. I think the two most attractive jobs are Carolina and Houston, to be honest, because they have cap space. They have high draft picks. They have uh, movements that you can do. But uh, but going back to your question, I think the I think Mahomes' knee uh, leg injury is gonna be is gonna play, his ankle injury is gonna play in, uh, yeah. a part mm-hmm. in this because his mobility is what he really counts on his escapability. He's not Harry Houdini without his legs, so I think that's gonna hurt him a lot this weekend. Tony Romo and I, I don't buy a lot of what Tony Romo says, but he said that he had a high ankle sprain a cup or, or when he played. That on Sunday, he felt great. He was like, uh, after the game, he's like, oh, yeah, I feel great. I'll be fine next weekend. Comes Friday and Saturday, he said he could not move that ankle uh, very much. And then come Sunday, obviously, they give you a lot of different things to try and get you to mellow out. But he said it's difficult to play on it, especially if it's going to be cold. It's supposedly going to be cold in Kansas City. So it's going to be tough for Pat to move around. And then Joe Burrow is just playing great football. His weapons, uh, I think they're playing really well right now. I think he's in sync with them. Can, here's here's the thing to watch. Kansas City has three rookie cornerbacks playing, and I think their inexperience is going to show this weekend. I feel like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and uh, Boyd are going to uh, exploit them a lot, and I think I think Cincinnati goes back to the Super Bowl, uh, and Joe Burrow will now be 4-0 against Patrick Mahomes in, uh, in the games that he's faced them. And then on the other side, uh, Brandon, cover your ears. Uh, I just think that uh, <laughs> Philly is, uh, I think going to Philly is going to be tough. Brock Purdy is going to be uh, facing an Eagles defense that is stacked. They have guys left and right. So, so does, uh, so does, um, so does the 49ers. But I just think on offense, I think the, the Philadelphia Eagles are better than the 49ers on offense. The one matchup I'm looking at is Nick Bosa versus Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson tore his abductor. He decided not to get surgery. He's playing through it. That's going to be the matchup that decides, in my opinion, the that's going to decide the game. But I think it's ultimately going to be the Eagles that go. And I think it's going to be the Eagles against the um, the Cincinnati Bengals 
in a battle of 2020 drafted quarterbacks, Joe Burrow versus Jalen Hurts <laughs> uh, in the Super Bowl. So I think that's going to be the matchup, and I think it's going to be a high-powered uh, Super Bowl. It's going to be awesome. With that, Fernando, who do you think is going to win out of those two? Ooh, I wasn't prepared for that one. Um, <laughs> geez, I'm going to... I'm going to have to say fly Eagles fly. I think the Eagles are very strong. What? I think they have, oh, uh, I think they have a lot. Their, their defense literally like you can take out Fletcher Cox. You can take out some of those guys and rest them. And then you have Nadama and Sue goes in Limbaugh. Joe. They just, they can replenish all their guys on. They have so much depth. Nick Sirianni and Shane Steigen have done a great job uh, building that team up. Howie Roseman obviously has done a good job with that. So I think the Eagles win. Uh, I think the Eagles beat the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, but Gia, you saw this up close. I mean, I think people were kind of out on them. They 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 they, they weren't sure what kind of team that they would be come postseason. Um, the way that they wiped the floor with the, the Giants. Giants. I mean, mm. I thought that was going to be a great game, a divisional game. The way that the Giants looked the previous two games. Um, well, I also told you guys I don't want dimes on that. On, on my squad. So yeah. he showed his true colors in that <laughs> playoff game. Well, so I, I agreed with you and then got roasted on Twitter for no. Well, yeah, but I mean, well, no, he's two extra games. You, you know what it is too, though? It's he's, he's the darling, right? He's a darling of New York right now. Like everybody loves Danny dimes, even though I hate that nickname. I don't think it's, well, they need, I think that a weapons. lot of people just, he's just a really liked guy. And I get that, but it, at the end of the day, he's not winning you a ring. The reason why they won against the Vikings is the Vikings have a 30-second pass. Yeah, they're, right? they're, their D they're is abysmal. not They good. were frauds, yeah. and the Giants ended up being frauds, right? They were, both, they were both in a lot of close yeah. games and yeah. barely won. Right? I don't think it's because the Giants are frauds. I think that the Giants just are not, like, we're, we are not this, Super Bowl ready. We're not look, Super Bowl look, ready. And I'm not saying the Niners are going to win this game, but I, the, everyone's picking the Eagles, and everyone thinks the Eagles are going to win. And it's like, except Arash. Arash picked the Niners. And I, well, I, I see I, that I, up I, close. I, I commend him, <laughs> I commend him for that. But Fernando, dude, I don't think people realize if the Niners played the Giants, they would have smacked them the same way. They just no, I agree. No, no. They would have. They would have. And Seattle would have been toe to toe with the Giants in a playoff game if they were to play with each other. And the Niners beat Seattle by twenty-two, right? So or eighteen or whatever. No, so, no. But I'm not I mean, this is a close matchup, Fernando. This is not I, like the Eagles are just going to run away with this. By the way, no, I no, think no. it's. I mean, what it, what's what's yeah. the spread? According to Circus Sports, is four point spread. I don't think anyone thinks it's going to be a blowout. Are, no, are, you, are no. you getting the sense people are thinking uh, it's going to be a blowout? My friend told me the Eagles are putting up 28 points. I said, against that defense, you're crazy. The, stop with that. Go, yeah, get no. your, go get your mind checked. Fernando, your thoughts. I mean, I, I think it'll be a great game. I think it's just the location. It's in Philly. It's going to be aggressive. They're going to be loud. And I know people say that the crowd doesn't mean anything. It does. You The, the fans or the players feed off of that stuff. So I think, especially a town like Philly, I mean, last night, Monday night, Raw was on there, and the guys were, <laughs> Paul Heyman even said, he's like, Brock Purdy's going to run wild on this uh, on this Eagles team, and, and obviously he got booed, but Eagles fans are psyched for this, and and I, but I, the thing is, their offense is, they can run the football, they can throw the football, they can do so many different things, and I get where your frustration's coming from, but the Eagles are very good on defense as well. I mean, they're, they, they match up well against the 49ers. I just don't think Brock Purdy can put up enough points to win. I mean, we saw uh, this is going to be a game where Jawan Jennings and Brandon Ayuk have to go wild because I think they're going to try and take away Debo Samuel. They're going to try and take away Christian McCaffrey, and they're going to try and take away Elijah Mitchell. So that's going to be it's going to be the secondary guys that are going to have to step up and win this game. Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, those kinds of guys have to win. The, are going to have to have huge games 
for them to win this football game. That's what it's going to come down to, and I just don't know if those guys can can step up and win. And then, two, I think George Kittle's going to be huge in this game as well. I don't think uh, the Eagles have anybody to cover him. I'm not saying the Eagles aren't going to win this game. What I'm saying is they ran how many times against the Giants? 40-something? Yeah. Yeah, it's also because our, they're our not run good. defense you was cannot, terrible. Fernando, you know this. You cannot run on the 49ers. No, I know, but they're going to rely on bubble screens. They're going to rely on like simple like uh, check downs to the running back. They're going to rely on different things. Like, like you're okay. not running the foot like – like Dr. Evil, you're not running the football, but it's plays that are similar yeah. to running the football that get you those 10, uh, 10, 7, 8, yeah, 9 and yards I, that is kind of like running the football. And I agree. I think Purdy's going to struggle. I think that's that's inevitable. He didn't look good last week. He didn't look good last week. He looked lost. You could tell in his eyes. He, 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 you know, I know he led the drive, whatever, and guys stepped up. And he's Brandon, been you need to stop listening to people. Hostile environment. If the Niners want to win this game. Purdy needs to throw less than 25 Real quick, passes. two minutes left. If he struggles and it's not a close game, like well, let's play out the worst okay. case scenario for you. How does that change things going into the offseason? Because I, I mean, when you just look at the run that he's had, he's he's been their QB. They've won all these games in a row, championship game. But if they get blown out and he throws a pick six or he just has a really poor game going into the next season, is it, you know, Trey Lance, Brock Purdy competition? I think either way there's a quarterback battle, even okay. if he wins the Super Bowl. I don't. Be a QB that, that, well, that one's crazy to me. If he wins the Super Bowl and he has a Tom Brady season, <laughs> well, like, well, he's gonna be the starter. But I'm saying either way, there's gonna Trey be a Lance, QB okay. battle. Right. They're not gonna. Ross, you already named their starting quarterback for next year. Yeah, said yeah, no, but yeah. I'm saying there's gonna be a QB. No, you battle said Tom Brady the whole year. They, no, yeah, Lance is well, gonna want to play. The problem is, is that now the narrative is going to come back. Kyle, Shan- Kyle Shanahan chokes again, or something. Something's going to come yeah. up like that as well. So that's going to be the no. That's a narrative with Kyle Shanahan until he wins the big one. They're going to say he keeps on choking. He doesn't do well. But I, I, I think uh, you don't think Tom Brady would uh, would uh, want to go back to San Fran. You don't. Would you take him as a quarterback if if no. Brock Purdy loses in this game? Would you take uh, Tom Brady as your quarterback? No, uh, we don't have the money. We don't have the money. We have to extend Nick Bosa. Yeah. It, the wow. quarterback position is the one we don't have to pay right now. So you keep you Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. Move on from Jimmy. Yeah, this did, Save some re- money. This did <laughs> not shape up well for Tom Brady because I think in, a, in his heart of hearts, he did want to have one last season back home. I think. I, yeah. I, I believe he wanted. He, he grew up a yeah. San Francisco 49er fan. There's that picture of him with like that, that jacket. He loved Joe Montana. I mean, it, it, they're the one team that has no need for a quarterback. Again, yeah. Jimmy G is not going to be back. That makes no sense for him. But you got Brock Purdy, Trey, Trey Lance. There's not even a situation where it behooves him to go there to help one of these guys because they're past that point. I think he does play one more season. I do think it's going to be in Las Vegas. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. All right, Fernando, we'll have to get you in here at some point. Thank you so much, my friend. We have the Chargers helmet. Here for you. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.